0: Another loss to the Winnipeg Jets for the Minnesota Wild. What can we learn from the loss as the Wild have a big game coming up on Friday against the Panthers? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we. Take the Winnipeg Jets loss for the Minnesota Wilds. Come up with some ways the team can avoid a similar performance against Jets-like teams going forward, and uh, a few tweaks to the lineup that may help the Wild with a big game against the Panthers coming up on Friday. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked On Wild, veteran at Minnesota sports content producer, and the captain of Locked On Wild. Happy to be with you here. On a Thursday edition of the show, and let's get it out of the way. That uh, that was not a fun game last night uh, for the Minnesota Wild against the Winnipeg Jets, six to three, the final score. A game in which uh, the Wilds had plenty of opportunities. Connor Hellebuck gave the Wilds plenty of opportunities to uh, to keep it close and to potentially come away with the win, but um, some rare off night performances for the Minnesota Wilds in the defense department. Uh, Really not a good night for the defense, and uh, they certainly did Cam Talbot no favors uh, in that game. And uh, one of the rare times, too, that the Kaprizov line and the Fiala line both kind of kept in check throughout the course of the night. So uh, some interesting things, and I think still, despite the fact that uh, the Wilds have – lost now twice to the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, those are the only two regulation losses in their last 14 games. I think there are some things that we can take away from this game, and I know last time this happened, first game of the second half, uh, really just kind of swept it to the side as, you know, Wild didn't play well. They were sluggish. They uh, were uh, were slow out of the gate, and... Um, you know, despite a great goalie performance by Capo Kackinen, uh, the Wild ended up losing that game. Now tonight, um, some some things to take away from this game moving forward for this team, because uh, somebody on the previous recap of uh, of the Jets' loss mentioned that it seemed like Winnipeg had kind of the book on how to um, how to contend with the Minnesota Wild, and while some of that was um, a, a pretty glaring loss of Matt Dumba that has just thrown the defense out of whack. Um, there is some truth to that because it does seem like, for whatever reason, the Winnipeg Jets this year are the team that just has uh, has had some success, especially in Winnipeg, uh, against this wild team. Now, nothing to get super panicked about, I don't think, because... At the end of the day, it's two games against the Jets that the Wild have not looked particularly good. Uh, but it, it is a Jets team that plays a much slower style hockey than the Minnesota Wild are used to, and it's clear in these two games against the Jets that uh, the Wilds played down to that Winnipeg style and uh, just had some sloppy passing uh, for the Wild that led to, um, led to some opportunities for the Jets. Uh, a disastrous night in the uh in the face off circle in the first matchup between these two teams now, in tonight's game, it wasn't nearly as bad it it just it seemed like the jets took a little bit of the previous Minnesota wild style and really tried to lull the uh the wild to sleep and um if you can can if you can find a way to slow down. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Ryan Hartman, and Kevin Fiala, Matt Boldy, and Freddie Goudreau, well, then you got to like your odds against this team um, at any given night. And I think it-, it is something that we just have not seen a team be able to do here that often. Even some of the upper echelon teams, you know, looking at the Carolina Hurricanes, who um just uh, were able to take... The Florida Panthers into overtime. The Panthers did end up winning that game, but one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Wilds. You know they they showed that second line has uh, has the depth scoring to to carry this team, and the Jets. You know despite them being a floundering five hundred team, the Jets have uh, the makeup I think that can just just do enough to uh, to throw this Wild team off. Um, off their bearings. So our purpose, our goal, our objective here for today's episode is to just look at some of the things that went wrong and to try to come up with, uh, with some ways to, uh, to combat that and to not run into this the next time the Wild play a team similar to the Jets that's physical and, uh, and is able to frustrate and, uh, and just kind of throw off their game. The, uh, the top two lines that this team has so obviously first and foremost it, it did seem like the team kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit they did have the one nothing lead and uh it seemed like after that Winnipeg was the team that was doing all of the um the, the team that had all of the uh the earnest in their um in their offensive game the wild after that just seemed like they kind of they they just they were just off a step it seemed through pretty much uh, the entirety of the night and um defensively you know that's that's as confused as um i've seen those d pairings look in quite some time and so you know you look at cam talbot's performance here this evening uh last night i should say and some of that's on him certainly but uh that defense in front of him did not do him any favors um, in the uh, the game, and you know a lot of rebound attempts right out in front of the net. A couple of tapping goals for uh, for Mark Shifley, and it just seems like the Wilds kind of got stuck in neutral, and the Jets were able to capitalize off of that. And by the time the Wilds were able to get back into first gear, it was just too late. You're down four to one. Uh, to start the third period, and you know the Wild did get that second goal, but at that point, then the Jets answered. The Wilds got an empty net goal, but then the Jets got an empty netter of their own. So it just it seemed like by the time the Wild went back into attack mode, there just there was not enough time for them to make the comeback. And the Jets at that point were basically playing with house money. So anytime the Wild made a, a counter punch the Jets were able to just immediately answer it. And so, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. It is a disappointing performance because it felt like a game right in the get-go, despite the Wild not playing their best, that was definitely winnable. Because, again, Connor Hellebuck single-handedly tried to give the game away on four different instances. Uh, one, the Jordan Greenway shot. That, uh, that was deflected and, uh, and ended up missing the net. I understand what Jordan Greenway was, uh, was trying to do there. But if Greenway just simply adjusts even a little bit and goes top shelf, he's got a goal because Hellebuck just could not help himself coming out of the net to, uh, to try to play the puck. And so that instance, uh, the, the Jets got lucky that the Wilds didn't get one in. Kaprizov nearly had one of those as well um, early on in the game. Hellebuck again coming out of the net to uh, to play the puck and just does not get back between the pipes um, with enough um, intensity to to get back before Kaprizov fires off a shot that just misses. He was a little too um, he was a little too deep towards the boards on that shot to do anything with it, and so. You know, you, you look at this game and you look at both of these Winnipeg Jets games and despite the Wild not playing particularly well, a good portion of which was due to what the Jets were doing against them, which was just being, you know, being physical and being a pain and playing a style of, uh, of hockey very reminiscent of what the Minnesota Wild played before they kind of started this tonal shift towards, uh, towards more of an offense uh, orientation a lot of what the Jets have done to the Wild over these two games, um, the Wild still had plenty of chances to uh, to be in both of these games. And so, you know, I think that's part of the frustrating thing too is that, you know, these two losses could very easily have been wins depending on how things play out and if the team can just kind of keep that intensity going as opposed to uh, just letting their foot off the gas, so a disappointing loss. But I think a lot of what the uh, the Wild did is fixable. Uh, we're going to start by looking at uh, these D pairings for the Wild, which were just just not working um, against Winnipeg, and so we'll look at those and we'll try to figure out something that the Wild can do in the uh, in the interim. Uh, to try to get a little more consistent performance defensively. More to recap the Wilds' loss to the Winnipeg Jets coming up next here on Locked on Wilds. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all of that at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, and again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every day. Uh, the numbers continue to come in, and I want to give a shout out to the YouTube crowd as well. Um, don't get a chance necessarily to respond to all the comments, but uh, we're getting a nice, healthy little Lockdown Wilds community that is uh, is starting to take over the comment section. So, love to see that, and love to see the back and forth. Uh, between listeners, we uh, we appreciate what each and every one of you bring to this, uh, this group that listens to the show on a daily basis. So, in looking past the Winnipeg Jets game, which, pun intended, because that seems kind of like what the Wild did, in looking forward, is probably a better way to put it, from this game to the Florida Panthers game coming up on Friday, and we'll have... Uh, Armando Velez of uh, Locked On Florida Panthers on for a preview for Friday. We gotta do something about those D pairings because that was just I I know the numbers say that um, that the Jared Spurgeon Jonas Brodine pairing was good, um, but I I don't know if you can put those two together. Just for the sake of having that one dominant D pairing, and uh, and just leave everything else, um, just leave everything else kind of to chance. And uh, Brad Marshall, friend of the show, host of the Sound the Foghorn podcast, does uh, player performance cards on Twitter, and so I'm going to reference what he put together uh, to just kind of take a look at what some of these pairings have done over the. Uh, the last couple of games and this all stems back to Matt Dumba in the uh, the game against the Carolina Hurricanes um, not playing since then and actually his injury happened in practice. So that was the last game that we had the normal pairings uh, on defense and uh, that coincidentally was a game in which Jordy Ben did not play. And so I'm just going to take you on a journey here through what has been a little bit of an adventure uh, for these wild D-pairings over the last couple of games. So we go back to uh, the Hurricanes game and um, looking at what Brett put together um, in in these cards. We start with the top-line D-pairing for the uh the Minnesota Wilds. And that was that night against the Hurricanes. It was Alex Goligoski and Jared Spurgeon. Now Goligoski was a negative point zero three in the player performance cards. The expected goals four percentage with him on the ice was fifty two point two percent. And again expected goals four percentage is not necessarily the best metric for defenders. It's basically just the percentage of time when a goal is scored that it's your team scoring the goal. So Alex Goligoski's PCS rating from Brett Marshall was a negative .03. So slightly below zero. And uh, his uh, his defense partner, Jared Spurgeon, was a 1.34. So Spurgeon was uh, the best defender of the night against the Hurricanes. Jonas Brodine and Matt Dumba, both in positive territory. Brodine was a .87. Dumba was a 1.07. Then you look at John Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov. Merrill was a 1.11. Kulikov was a .45, but again, both in positive territory. Let's take a look at what has happened since. And uh, again, keep in mind, Matt Dumba subtracted from the rotation due to injury and uh, Jordy Ben added in now also of note I think if this is going to be a long-term injury for Dumba the Wilds top choice obviously would be to call up Kalen Addison he is also injured at the moment so the Wilds in a little bit of a bind but I think as soon as one of them is ready to come back that becomes a pretty easy choice uh Brett's cards from the 7-4 win against Detroit. This is the first time that we saw the Brodeen spurgeon pairing. Brodeen was a 1.23, second highest defenseman for the Wilds. Spurgeon was a 5.04, which is um, far and away the top performer on defense for the Wilds and uh, is just an unbelievably good game for a defenseman. We saw the Merrill-Kulikov line as the second pairing. And Merrill was a .83, so he was in positive territory. Kulikov was a .67. So in positive territory, both of those guys comfortable out there on the ice as they have been all season. Alex Goligosky was a negative 2.02. Jordy Ben was a negative 1.24. So both of that, uh, that pairing with Goligosky and Ben, a problem. We move to the next shift that we saw in um, D-pairings. Again, we see Brodeen and Spurgeon on the top line. And uh, this was tonight's performance against the Jets. Brodeen was a 4.19, Spurgeon a 4.43. Only two defenders in positive territory. In Brett's rankings, John Merrill and Alex Goligoski was a minus 2.14, Goligoski a minus 2.62, Kulikov a minus 0.48, Jordy Ben a minus 1.52. Obviously, Spurgeon and Brodine are going to be good together because they're good when they're on the ice. Jordy Ben is not. And I know I'm going to give full credit here. Because Ben has had moments where he has been serviceable on the ice this year. But that has been as a bottom-pairing guy or as a fill-in whose minutes have been limited this season. The numbers speak for themselves. The performance on the ice speaks for itself. I understand trying to have a dominant top-line D-pairing that you can throw at opponents, but at what cost? You have to level out the D pairings for this wild team because putting Jordy Ben with Alex Goligosky or Dmitry Kulikov is not fair to them because it just there, there's just too much ice to cover. There's, there's too much of a with, uh, with Ben. Paired with those guys, so go back to what you had with Kulikov and Merrill because those guys have played together and have developed that continuity and that chemistry. Keep that as the third line pairing. Substitute out Brodine's partner if you have to play. If you have to play Jordy Ben, play him with Brodine because at least he gets a little protection there, and you're not asking. You're not asking John Merrill or Dmitry Kulikov to do the Jonas Brodine. Put Jordy Men with Jonas Brodine. Put Alex Goligosky with Jared Spurgeon. I'm begging you, get back to the normal D pairings and just even out the talent on those D pairings so that we don't see a performance like we saw against the Jets because... That was not good. And, you know, some of that falls on Talbot. Some of those goals are goals that you'd like to see your goalie not give up. But you got Jordy Ben camped out in front of the net on a couple of those instances. And he is not able to do anything to assist, to try to get the puck out from in front of the net or to help try to prevent the puck from going into the net. So that's a big change that I would make going forward. And we don't know how long Dumba is going to be out, but spread it out. You don't put bread on one half of the toast. You don't put six tablespoons of butter on one piece of bread. Spread it out. Spread it out. And so that's, that's the big tweak that I would make. Going into Friday and beyond, there are a couple of other tweaks that the Wild can make just in mentality uh, going forward. And uh, we'll talk about those to finish up today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. And again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Lockdown NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Lockdown NHL podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, just like Lockdown Wild as well. So make sure to give us a follow and uh, follow us on social media as well to stay up to date on all things Minnesota Wild. So an interesting point in the game against the Jets, because it's something we've seen all season long is the Wilds get a response. You know they're down two to one after a lackluster second period, and uh, you know you hear Nico Sturm give the interview during the intermission, and uh, when asked what the team needs to do to uh, to come back from another deficit, like. He he hit it right on the head. Although the team didn't necessarily do it, he said, "You know, we just we got to start playing better in these situations. We got a ton of games coming up, and we got to get ourselves into a better situation so that we don't have to complete the comeback um, every every night. You know, it's nice to have the fun, exciting comebacks, the uh, the multiple goal deficits that are erased, uh, and and some of that, especially come playoff time." Some of that is very helpful so that you don't ever get to the situation where you feel like you're out of the game and you have to kind of flush it and, uh, and try for the next one. But something that you really can't make a habit is finding yourself down in the third period by multiple goals. You know, You go to Colorado. You go to Vegas, you go to Florida, you go to Tampa Bay, you go to Toronto, you name it. You go to any one of those places and you find yourself down by two goals in the third period. That's a tough hill to dig out of. And so that speaks to just trying to play better in the first and second period and that's just kind of a mentality thing and you know it was on display against the jets in which this team like they they got the one nothing lead and it seemed like for whatever reason they just kind of took the foot off and they allowed Winnipeg to dictate the way that the game was going to be played it wasn't an overly physical game with Marcus Felino back in, which I think was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, there was the hit on Matt Boldy that sent him face first into the boards that I think riled a lot of people up. But this wasn't an overly physical game. And so maybe part of it was that the Wilds came in anticipating that it was going to just be this slugfest in that they were going to have to fight their way out of town uh, to come away with a win in this game, and when Winnipeg didn't do it, they didn't know how to adjust at that point. And you know, I'm I'm still learning about the game of hockey myself, so I I, I suppose that is a an explanation for what we saw. But at the end of the day, something that this team has done so well against a lot of opponents below them in the standings is taking one nothing making it two taking two nothing making it three never kind of let never kind of easing up on your opponent and this is a teachable moment this is a teachable lesson for this team going forward that this is a good example of what happens when you have a game that's winnable and you don't finish you don't do those things you need to do in order to take it from one nothing to 2 and 2 to 3 and so on and so on. So at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. It is an instance where we can look at this game and we can say, here are some things we'd fix because that game on Friday is going to be a grind against the Florida Panthers who... Just survived the Carolina Hurricanes and came back to win in overtime. And if the Wild play like they did against Winnipeg, it's going to be a problem. But another thing that this team has done really well is bounced back. And so with the class of opponent coming to the XL Energy Center, with the fact that there are going to be a lot of people with eyes on uh, what's going on on Friday night at the X, I have full confidence that this team is going to bounce back and uh, look better than they did um, in the second and third periods, second and part of the third period, because there was the stretch in the third period where the Wild were just relentless. But again, going back to kind of the other point that we made, it just it came about too late. It came about too late because at the time that it happened, Winnipeg had the ability to just answer everything that the Wild did. So, do some of that from the get-go. Come out of the gate swinging. Come out of the gate with just a full head of steam. And uh, let's let's see some of those two-goal deficits turn into two-goal advantages heading into the third period um, as the season goes because – there are going to be plenty of opportunities here down the stretch. There are a ton of games left. And so uh, this wild team still has plenty of room to continue to perform well and to uh, continue to grow also. And so let's use this as a teachable moment and an opportunity to learn from this mistake and uh, move on through the rest of the season. And that is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, Make sure to head over to the Locked On NHL podcast to get up to date on all things NHL from your favorite Locked On NHL hosts. Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just like Locked On Wild, you can find us wherever you listen, anytime you want to listen. All you have to do is search Locked On Wild to find us on various podcast platforms and on social media as well. We are keeping you as up to date as possible on all things Minnesota Wild so that if big news or a puck drop anywhere here in the state of hockey, Lockdown Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.